Hey everybody, before we get to the on-demand sermon, I uh, have a quick announcement with regard to our BLESS campaign. So if you have been um, uh, either to the, uh, the church live in person or maybe electronically, you've seen the BLESS passport. One of the things that we're doing as part of this campaign is blessing people uh, locally and around the world. And one of the opportunities that is happening, we've got about five opportunities and another four opportunities for kids in here. But the one that's coming up right away is October 3rd, Feed My Starving Children. And so this is something you can even do as a family, although the minimum age is higher now during COVID. But we have some openings. On October 3rd, there's two shifts. There's one from 12 to two. There's another shift from three to five, and we have some openings still. And you can sign up for that by going to and doing any of the things that are on the screen right now. So uh, be praying about that event, be praying about your participation in it as part of our BLESS campaign, and God bless you, and here we go with the uh, on-demand sermon. Hey everybody, I'm in one of my favorite locations for preaching outdoors. It's one of the few places where I can go where the wind doesn't impact the, the video and the um, production and the sound and all that. We're in our BLESS series, week one of the BLESS series, and one of the most important ways that we can bless someone's life is to point them to God, point them to His love, to his grace in Christ. You can call it outreach or sharing our faith or witnessing. We know this is something we should do. We want people, especially people we know, to know God personally. We want them to be made right with him through Christ. What better thing can we do for someone we care about? I mean, what better thing? And have you ever held back, maybe in sharing, because you felt like the timing wasn't right or you thought the person you wanted to share with maybe doesn't want to hear the gospel. And this went on and on over a long, long time. Or maybe you didn't know what to say or even where to begin. A lot of the time, maybe most of the time, sharing the gospel feels forced, almost like you're making a sales pitch for God. Sometimes I don't feel like I've earned the right to share. Like our relationship isn't as strong as, as I would like it to be, to be able to share something about God or something as intimate as that. And there have been times when the opportunity came and I knew exactly what to say about three days later. Sometimes years can go by in a relationship with someone and we never share our faith with them. Our paths just go in different directions. We lose touch. But when we think back, we realize that we missed an opportunity we realized that God had placed us uniquely in the path of that person. And we never found a way to help them find their way back to God. And it's not just about their eternal destiny. Failing to share our faith erodes our own relationship with God. We were called to be in a relationship with God, not just for ourselves, but also for his mission to bring people into a reconciled relationship with him. And that only comes by faith. It comes through the work done on our behalf by Christ through his death and his resurrection. So this sermon, in fact, this entire series is focused on answering a very crucial question. Every week we're going to be answering this question. Can we learn how to share our faith in a way that's natural and relational and more effective so that we can help people who are far from God find their way back to God? What if you could learn a way to share your faith where the timing can actually feel right, where the beginning point of what to say actually makes sense, 
where it doesn't feel forced, you've earned relational credibility, and what you share is appreciated by the other person. Well, we're gonna be looking at that, but before we do, I just want you to hold on for a couple of minutes with us as we uh, give you one of our highlights or the highlight for this weekend. Uh, don't fast forward. We wanna stay in close touch and connection with you throughout this time where we can't meet face to face. Hey, Five Oaks family, Jonathan here. You know, the story that uh, you and I see ourselves in has a profound impact on our life, doesn't it? I know that you wanna be a part of a story that is true, that's meaningful and brings purpose in your life. And the stakes are high. We can many times find ourselves just reaching the end of every day, just glad we made it to bed, or glad we got the kids in bed without too much hassle. But God has a bigger part for us. He's inviting us into something much bigger, his story. And coming up in October, we are starting our Story of God classes. In just six short weeks, you'll be taken through the entire Bible. You'll have a framework to understand the Bible, a lot more. And more importantly, know God and his story more intimately and see how he's inviting you to play a meaningful part in his story. So just write Story of God in your comm card if you want more information or just go straight to our website and sign up. We've had folks take our Story of God class multiple times because they got so much value from it. So come join the Story of God class in October and lean into the story God is inviting you into. The key to sharing our faith in a way that's natural, relational, and more effective is found in the word bless. The bless strategy for helping people find their way back to God is actually an ancient strategy. It goes all the way back to the beginning of the story of God, to Genesis 1, the first chapter in the Bible. But it's more clearly spelled out in Genesis 12 when the whole world has drifted away from God, and God implements a plan to bring people back to himself. God does this by calling one man, a man named Abraham, and he gives Abraham a mission. The mission is to bring the world back to himself. And the term he uses to describe this mission is the word bless. He calls Abraham and his descendants to bless the world. If you're familiar with the story of God, you know that all followers of Jesus are Abraham's spiritual descendants. It's a case that Paul, the Apostle Paul, makes in the book of Romans in the New Testament, Romans chapter 4, where he says this, Therefore the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those of the law, meaning Abraham's physical descendants who were the Jews, who are the Jews, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. You know, as his spiritual descendants, we share in the mission given to Abraham and his descendants. Here's how God describes the mission. It's contained in the call to Abraham in Genesis 12. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and bless you. I will make you your name great, 
and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. There's the blessed strategy in a nutshell. I want you to look again at the passage, at this call on Abraham and how God talks about blessing. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All the people on the earth will be blessed through you. As Christians, we know that the promise is being fulfilled in Jesus, a descendant of Abraham. The whole Bible is the unfolding of God's strategy to bless the world through Abraham's physical and then eventually spiritual descendants. Nearly 2,000 years later, after the call of Abraham, a descendant of Abraham appears. It becomes apparent to all who follow him that he is the one through whom Abraham's seed will bless all the peoples on earth. Early in his ministry, Jesus engages a man named Simon Peter in the same way that God had engaged uh, Abraham in his mission. He blesses Peter so that Peter can bless the world. I love how this scene in the Gospels is depicted in the first season of The Chosen, a multi-season TV series on the life of Jesus. Put that down for a catch. A little farther out. I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. But we've been doing this all night. Nothing. All right. That's your word.
Carly? I told you! I told you! brother and the baptizer. <laughs> you are the Lamb of God, yes? I am. Depart from me. I am a sinful man. You don't know who I am and the things I've done. Don't be afraid, Simon. I'm sorry. We, we've waited for you for so long. We believe, but my faith, how sorry. <laughs> Lift up your head, fisherman. <laughs> what do you want from me? Anything you ask, I will do. Follow me. as well. Yes, you, James and John, come, follow me. I'll take the fish to the market and settle up Simon's death. I'll get some help to fill both of these boats. Are you sure? Yes, go. What will you tell Ima? <laughs> We've just been called by the man we prayed for our entire lives. And you ask me, what will I say when you miss supper? <laughs> go, now. So, you sure you don't want to do this just a few more times? Well, we'll make a great team on the boat. Son, joking. <laughs> Fish are nothing. You have much bigger things ahead of you, Simon, son of Jonah. Did you understand that parable I told earlier? From now on, I will make you fishers of men. And you are to gather as many as possible, all kinds. I will sort them out later. Jesus calls Peter to be a fisher of men. He calls him to bless the world. In a sermon from um, years ago from Andy Stanley, he said something that I've often quoted and has always really stuck with me. Stanley said this, when Jesus called his disciples, he told them what he wanted to make them to be. He didn't say, I wanna make you to be more disciplined. He didn't say, I wanna make you more religious. He didn't say, I want to make you more theologically astute so that you can answer any question about the mysteries of the universe. He said, I want to make you to be something very special and very specific. I want to make you fishers of men. 
than Stanley, Stanley adds, to follow is to fish. So the story of blessing continues. When Jesus commissions his disciples and he calls them to take the gospel to the whole world, beginning locally and extending to the ends of the earth, it's part of the strategy God initiated in Genesis 12. So the risen Christ commissions us in Acts chapter, eight, uh, chapter 1, verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Power, he says, to be my witnesses. It's a working out of Genesis 12. Same with the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28 at the end of that gospel. Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. This goes back to Genesis 12. It goes back to the call of Abraham. The book of Acts, the fifth book in the New Testament, chronicles this outward expansion of this blessing. It traces the history of the early church and the expansion of Christianity in the Roman Empire. And as this commission uh, is, is it, it chronicles this commission as it's being carried out. And it continues throughout the whole New Testament. We learn how to bless all throughout the New Testament. We also learn how to bless the world as we read the four gospels and see how Jesus set out to bless the world. And even from the Old Testament, as we look at the successes and the failures of Israel. Can we learn how to share our faith so that we can help people who are far from God find their way back to God? The answer is a resounding yes, we can. We learn it from the story of God. And this series shows us how. As you look through the whole story of God, you find certain principles for sharing our faith more effectively. And it's in the story of Jesus that we especially see how this is done. Each week in this series, we're going to look at one of those principles. Sometimes we'll spend two weeks looking at just one principle. And the principles really form a strategy for blessing others with the gospel. And it's a strategy that Jesus used. So pastor and author Dave Ferguson and missiologist Alan Hirsch, they've done the church a great favor. And they have spelled out what that strategy looks like using the word bless. It's a five-part missional strategy. The first one is begin with prayer. Second, listen with care. Third, eat together. This is really about simple hospitality and sharing your life with others. Fourth, serve in love. And finally, share your story. Simple, but revolutionary. This strategy is actually a great way to share your faith that most people who are far from God will actually appreciate. Not everyone will, of course, but most will. And this is what we'll unpack during this series. This is a training series. If you participate in this series and you put it into practice, there are people in your life who will experience the love and grace of God because you were more engaged in God's mission. I know that'll happen. That's how God works through his word and through prayer. And you're going to be more equipped from his word and you're going to be more prayerful about his mission. But this is also a plan for you to be blessed, for you to live a blessed life because your greatest blessings come from blessing others. So I want to spend just a few moments showing you how this is true. Here's how it works. When we bless others, we live with a compelling purpose. 
Victor Frankl, an Auschwitz survivor, built a counseling practice and he impacted generations through his writings by helping people find purpose and a sense of their calling in the midst of their suffering. He's famous for saying and then, and then exploring deeply the idea that those who have a why to live can bear with almost any how. We have a calling from God and it gives us a compelling and meaningful purpose that even overcomes suffering. This is what Martin Luther King Jr. said. He said, I choose to identify with the underprivileged. I choose to give my life for the hungry. I choose to give my life for those who have been left out of the sunlight of opportunity. This is the way I'm going. If it means suffering, I'm going that way. If it means dying for them, I'm going that way because I heard a voice saying, do something for others. We all know who that voice was. That voice is calling us as well. And we can have that same sense of purpose, even in suffering. It's a blessing to us to have a purpose straight from God. We have a calling and that gives us a compelling and meaningful purpose. We're blessed by Jesus, uh, by Jesus calling us to bless the world. We're blessed by blessing others because we can live with a compelling purpose. Second, when we bless others, it increases our joy. This, this clear pattern in the Bible, and because we're all made in the image of God, even people who don't believe in God speak of the same pattern. It's built into the, the very fabric of humanity. The way we hear it in the broader culture is that we should pay it forward. Pay it forward, it's become part of our lexicon, hasn't it? What does it mean? Well, it means that you receive some blessing in your life, and so you go out and you bless others. That that's the way things should be, it's a, it's a pattern. Another way to put it is that you feel gratitude for what you've received. It might be your parents' example, it might be mentors who had a big role in your life, it might be financial stability while you were growing up. It might be connections that others have made for you. You've received and you feel some gratitude. So you serve out of that gratitude. Serving others, not just serving ourselves, is part of the recipe for joy and happiness, unless you're a complete narcissist. That was Jesus's point about giving. This is what Paul says in a famous speech that he gives in, um, in the book of Acts. It's a speech of the Ephesian elders. He says, I have not covered, uh, coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You're blessed by giving of yourself. You're blessed so much that it surpasses receiving. You're blessed when you bless others. It's a frequent theme in Jesus. When you bless, you are blessed. Listen to what he says in Luke chapter six. He says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured over your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. There's joy in that. We're blessed by blessing others because we can live with a compelling purpose. But it also increases our joy because gratitude leads to service. Here's the third thing. 
When we bless others, new relationships will be forged. Blessing others forges new and lasting and impacting relationships in our lives. When we moved to Prescott, Wisconsin last September, one of the things that we wanted to do was to get to know our new neighbors. So we had an open house. We put out the invitations to all of our neighbors. We waited to see who would lean in. By lean in, what I mean is who might be open to a new relationship by showing up <laughs> or maybe show that they're open to a new relationship by uh, sending regrets for not being able to make it. Well, a fraction of those invited came, but several came and they commented on how nice it was of us to offer this, but we were really the ones being blessed by it. So far, three great relationships have come from it. One is with a gal named Betty. She's a widow and a long-term resident of Prescott and she lives alone. She's a, she's a character <laughs> and, uh, and knows just about everybody in Prescott. And Betty loves the Lord and she's very committed to the church, uh, to her church in Prescott, St. Joseph Catholic Church. A couple of years ago, she attended Alpha when her former priest uh, offered it at his new per parish about 45 minutes away. As many of you know, the Alpha Course, it's one of the most effective evangelism and discipleship tools uh, or ministries in the world today. And it's been attended, to, uh, been attended by millions of people. Betty has blessed our lives as we've had lots of meals together. We've sat on her front porch or dozens of conversations as we're going and taking a walk and we stop as she's sitting on her front porch. She's an absolutely delightful person. Another new friendship is the couple next door to our townhome. Uh, we've gone out to eat um, at an outdoor patio with them. We've spent time in our screened-in porch. Uh, we've gone out boating, and Lois has taken dozens of walks well, with the wife, and, and um, she's also done a book club with the wife next door. So she started with the book The Chosen, which is by a Jewish writer named Chaim Potok, uh, because our new friend is Jewish. And then they read a book called I Am Hutterite, because there are strong ties between Lois's father's side of the family, Mennonites, and the Hutterites. So we've been able to have all kinds of great conversations, including spiritual conversations with this couple uh, that we really enjoy being with. And there's actually another couple that we've forged really a great new friendship with. All these folks bless our lives because we set out to bless them first. There's a Bible study um, on the BLESS strategy, and one of the authors of the Bible study is Beth Severson. And she tells a story about a young student that she knows. And I think it's a powerful story that, that shows us how we can bless others and the blessing that we receive from, from doing that. So Beth, Beth Severson says that as a young kid, this, this kid that she knows was responsible, this person that she knows. She was full of life. She was a good student. But in high school, she started hanging out with uh, some other students who really didn't influence her in positive ways, and probably she didn't influence them very well either. She began lying, and her whole schoolwork started to, to, to suffer. She started participating in destructive behaviors, first shoplifting, then drinking heavily. Often this girl would pass out, and she said she didn't even know how she'd gotten home. She was smoking pot daily with her friends, and she was a party girl, even though sometimes she later admitted her own behavior scared her. And then an extraordinary turn of events changed her life. Three girls began to pursue her, to seek friendship with her. They asked her 
to hang out with them. They invited her to activities with them. They began to bless her through their friendship. As time passed, they began inviting her to a Bible study. Time after time, the girl said, no, no way, no thanks. No, I've got something else going on. No, I'm good. But they were relentless. Week after week, month after month, they kept inviting her until finally she said yes. She figured they'd stop bugging her if she just went once to that Bible study thing. So she went and she saw students worshiping God. She heard them talking about the Bible as if it was something that made sense and was relevant to their lives. She experienced genuine life-giving community. She experienced worship. And she realized how hungry she was for love and for community and even for the scriptures, and especially hungry for God. She began, to, she began to wake up in her heart and in her soul. And over the next several months, she gradually came to faith in Jesus. The relentless pursuit of those three girls changed the trajectory of her life and her eternity. They also became her closest friends. And the girl who was truly headed for trouble is now headed for eternity with Jesus. Beth Severson, who tells the story, knows about this girl because this is her own story. Her three new friends made themselves and the good news accessible to her. They demonstrated God's love to her by not judging her or making her feel like she wasn't good enough. They ignored the bad stuff in her life. They were truly blessers. And this is what bless is about, both the series and the campaign. By blessing others, by living out the calling of Abraham as his spiritual descendants and, and the calling of Jesus to fish for people as his disciples, we're blessed in enormous ways, ways we have yet to imagine. You can be a blessing. And this series will give you the biblical tools and strategies for blessing others. I want you to imagine with me the blessing that you'll receive now and in eternity when people who are far from God receive eternal life and live on mission for God, blessing others because of your engagement in this campaign and because you have started out, you have started to live out the five missional practices in your life. Do you want that kind of blessing? Participate in and implement this series into your life. Don't miss out. A huge part of participating in a series at Five Oaks is through small groups. We're sending an email to everyone not in one of our small groups right now so that you can easily join a, sev seven, uh, a short-term, seven-week group. Want to meet in person? We'll have one for you. Want to meet on Zoom? We'll have one for you. Get trained in sharing your faith. Meet for support with others and pray. Just go to the link that you'll receive on Sunday afternoon. Now, you might want to stay tuned for the weekly fog that's coming up next. Well, hello, Five Oaks Nation. Welcome to the weekly fog. Pastor Love here. If you're new with us, you might be a little confused about what this is. Well, fog stands for Five Oaks Goodness. And what started as a silly segment in our weekly staff meetings has turned into a weekly update to our church family about all of the incredibly good things you're doing to bless the world around you as the church. This weekend's Five Oaks Goodness is about an organization called Safe Families and how it has begun to take root right here at Five Oaks. 
Safe Families for Children is a movement fueled by compassion to keep children safe and families intact. Through host families, family friends, and family coaches, Safe Families temporarily host children and provide a network of support to families in crisis while they get back on their feet. They open their hearts, they open their arms, and they open their homes. Take a look at this video that tells us a little bit more about the power of Safe Families. Hospitality, what does this mean? A concierge, a good meal, a place to rest? In the original Greek, this is translated as the love of a stranger. So how do we make a stranger feel loved and a part of our church? Every day, there is a family in your surrounding community that is facing a crisis. A single mom who loses her part-time job, a dad in the hospital because of illness, and mom is the only one with income, a mom in a shelter, and her children are vulnerable, a home is flooded, and there is nowhere to live. These families end up having no one to turn to. They have no other options. For centuries, the church was the central institution those in need turned to. Yet in recent years, the church has stepped back while other social agencies have stepped in. It's time the church began to live out hospitality the biblical way. Safe Families for Children provides the process and structure your church needs to serve families in times of crisis. How do we do it? Well, when you start Safe Families in your church, you start by educating and building an awareness that there is a need. Then you will begin to notice people that are passionate about helping others in times of need. And they become what we call ministry leads, family coaches, family friends, resource friends, and host families. Host, hold on a minute, like in my house? Well, yes. Host families are highly trained, background-checked, compassionate families. These families are then placed with a child from a family facing a crisis, helping that family and giving them time to get back on their feet. But wait, there's more. As your ministry grows, we help identify volunteers who can aid and support these families. A church ministry lead acts as the connection point between safe families and the church. We also identify family coaches, people that coordinate connecting a family in need with a host family and nurturing that relationship throughout the process. Internally, the DNA of your church will change. Families that were hesitant at first will see others doing it and join in. Externally, it will put your church in a new light in the community as it shows your willingness to show biblical hospitality to others. Join us in helping families in crisis by showing them the hospitality they need in a time of crisis. Safe families. We have two safe families circles here at Five Oaks and this is how it works. Families experiencing a temporary crisis or need contact the Safe Families organization. Safe Families then reaches out to their safe family circles, and as they are able, a family in these circles of support, sometimes the entire circle, responds in any number of ways, including dropping off diapers or supplies, babysitting, going on an outing with the kids, and even hosting kids overnight. It's actually like an extended small group that a family can access when, when life spikes and they need some extra support. The help Stability and support is often a lifeline to families that helps them to stay intact and thrive as a family unit. You're probably saying, I had no idea something like this existed and that our church is involved in this way. Well, that, my friends, is exactly why we do the weekly fog every week. If you'd like more information on Safe Families, go to safe-families.org or write Safe Families on your communication card this weekend and take a step to be a blessing to a family in need. This is Pastor Love signing off from another fantastic weekend here at the Weekly Fog.
Take care, everybody. Have a great weekend.